Welcome to For The Record, a sports obsessive podcast covering major sports from around the world, made by sports enthusiasts for sports enthusiasts. For The Record is back, definitely back. It's been quite a delay with uh, all the changes and ongoing political situation in the UK and then what's followed in Europe and then international break. Uh, And with international break, we... Gaza, Alessandra and I, we thought, you know what, we're going to take a break for a week too. The, the last episode we released was our most listened to for a while. So we really appreciate all that support that everybody's shown us. But we think today's episode is going to be more alongside or aligning with, uh, with current affairs and football. So yeah, we want to discuss FIFA, the ratings and release dates and whatever other details we can throw in there. Welcome back, guys. It's it's been a minute, but it's happy. I'm happy to have everyone back and, and to have this discussion. How's it, Gaz? How's it, Alessandro? How's it, Mike? Yeah, how's it, guys? Hope everyone's well. Uh, 20, 27th of September marks a, a very momentous day in my life, personally, with the release, well, the early release of FIFA 23. I know many of my friends, my family, they all think I'm going to go into hibernation for the next, I suppose, eight months because this is all I'm going to do. So I'm so sorry to... All the parties I'm going to miss and the assignments I won't do. But Yeah, I, th- I don't think you're alone in that, uh, Alessandro. A lot of people are chomping at the bit for FIFA. They love the fact that you get you know, the new ratings, the new squads. Obviously, Ultimate Team. Ultimate Team dominates everybody who plays FIFA these days. Career mode's pretty dead. But yeah, Ultimate Team. And I know that you're quite an avid Ultimate Team player, so you can tell us a little bit more about what the new changes are this season and what to look forward to. Um, well, just before we jump into Ultimate Team, like you said, the career mode is something that's kind of been the backbone of FIFA for as long as I've played, um, up until I started playing Ultimate Team. And I think this year, FIFA, I think it's their last bitch attempt to kind of make them relevant before they do ultimately just disappear. Um, the career mode, I think they bring an online version. They've made it super interesting. It's taken more of like a... A football manager kind of vibe to it where you're going to be able to grow your youth you're going to be able to do certain things to develop a certain player it's going to be a lot more in-depth and for the people that love career mode and i know there's probably just as many that love career mode as they are that love ultimate team um they're really going to appreciate that um also with pro clubs something that the boys and i love to play shout out to umbrella um ultimate um sorry pro club seems to be absolutely incredible this year and for those of you who don't understand what pro clubs is, basically what happens is you get up to 11 players to play together on the same team. And each of you get a position like you would in normal football. And you kind of play like that. So it's kind of like a you're going to be a right back for the day and that's your position. You need to hold it. It takes a lot of discipline, but I think they're finally catering to a lot of the masses because that's something that a lot of FIFA players get bored of with Ultimate Team. But... Yeah, it's, it's exciting nonetheless. I love FIFA, so this is definitely a topic I'm keen for. Well, Ali, I actually wanted to ask you, is there any cross-platform possibility on, on FIFA 23? Or is it still, if you've got a PlayStation or an Xbox or you're playing on the PC, you can only play with people on those devices, no. shall I say? No, so uh, fortunately, I, I downloaded the Ultimate Edition, which gave me a few days early access. And I think I played maybe two or three games online. And in those three games i played two people on xbox and one on playstation so it's it's already uh, cross-platform which is kind of sick 
something that's okay. been lacking for for a lot of years. I mean, your friends either have a PS4, well, PlayStation, or an Xbox. So if they don't have one or the other, it's kind of cut because you can't play together. But now they've kind of united everyone. So I think this will be a great step forward for everyone to be able to play. I agree with that. I think when it comes to consoles and that people have their preferences and FIFA needs to make sure that it's accessible in whatever capacity possible. Uh, I also heard that FIFA itself is removing its name from the video game from next season, I think. So this will be the last year that we have FIFA as the title name for the video game. I think from next season, it'll be referred to as EA Sports FC. So I'm I'm actually curious to see what they do with it once the FIFA name drops off of it. I think it's going to be pretty pretty weird. Because, I mean, you've literally had FIFA, FIFA 90, FIFA 97, FIFA 08, FIFA 23. I mean, changing it to EA 24 is going to be a bit odd. But, I mean, if that's what's going to happen... If that's what's going to have to happen for the game to improve, then so be it. The market for this game is absolutely incredible. I don't think people realize the amount of followers and watches and, and money that are actually hidden amongst this platform. Yeah, it's it's the biggest video game in the world by quite a long distance. Uh, but it, it comes back to what we've said before with football being the beautiful game. And I, as far as I understand, and look, what I know is quite limited because it was only little snippets and headlines and stuff that I've seen, but they are including some form of world cup. I don't know if it's a DLC or if it's a, an additional tournament mode that people can play, which is also something quite cool. Cause I know from experience that I used to play uh, 2010 FIFA world cup on my Xbox many years ago and you had captain your country and all of that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to be as detailed as a standalone game, but I think it's going to give, People who are interested in the World Cup and people who are just interested in playing virtually, which is most most football lovers, uh, the opportunity to enjoy the World Cup in a digital sense as well. I don't know if you, if that's true or not. If you can verify that, um, yeah, there is. I think there is going to be an Ultimate Team World Cup version. From what I remember, in 2018 there was an Ultimate Team FIFA World Cup as well, where they kind of brought in um, players. Don't they no longer had like affiliation to their club more so to their country and their continent so that was quite a big thing that i see like with that brings a whole host of new players where they bring in players that you associate with world cups for instance like van Persie because of that header and uh, well mama mind is a bit gone but i mean i hear exactly what you're saying i mean there's some players that you think of that performed at a world cup like if you think about asamoah gian for example a 2010 world cup he did nothing you never saw him doing anything in club football, really. But he had that World Cup. Obviously, he missed the penalty. He had a good World Cup until that point. So I know what you mean. There's like cult icons that are created because of the tournament. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, that, and that's really cool. I think FIFA's finally appealing to the masses, something they haven't done for, I don't even know how many years. It's been awful sitting and doing the same thing. The only reason I buy the new FIFA is because no one else plays online on the old FIFAs. So in order to get people to play against, you're going to have to move to the next one. But I think this year, from what I've seen so far, I don't want to shout too early, but I do think it's made quite a big improvement. And from what I've seen so far in the few games I have played, it's, it's quite in-depth. And yeah, if anyone wants to verse me, I'll, I'll tag my user IDs and we can have a game or two. But I think this FIFA will be 
kind of a last ditch effort for people to realize that the FIFA brand was something to be reckoned with. Now, like you said, the EA, FC, whatever, as awful as it sounds, it's got a, it's got a lot to live up to. Yeah, yeah, I think FIFA itself as an organization was a bit, I don't want to say trigger happy, but they were possibly arrogant because you know how it is with those guys. They don't really understand the video game industry and they believe that it must be a more competitive situation, which is actually why they've removed their name and their, all the licenses that come with that. Although I think there are still official licenses with sort of the Premier League and the Bundesliga because EA have signed those. Uh, I don't want to, I don't know, official to be, be the official video game. But yeah, FIFA in their arrogance have actually said, well, if we take the name away from them, the video game will be nothing. And we will be able to create a video game war basically, where uh, brands like Pez, and I mean, there's been a whole lot of other weird ones that have propped up in recent years that I, no one even really knows about. But they are going to make the video game industry more, or the football video game industry more competitive, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if some of these guys come in and they are decent, it's forcing EA Sports, which we know as one of the biggest video game manufacturing publishers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, it's forcing them to imp improve the, what they're offering and to give us, the supporters and the fans, a product that we actually want to want to buy and want to play. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And uh, from what you say, it, it actually sounds like FIFA 23 is something that people should go out and give a go. Uh, there probably are demos that you can try as well if you're not quite sure. Yeah, I but think yeah. there's a demo being released but I do think it's worth... If you haven't bought one of the last few FIFAs, I think this one will be... Well, this one will be a cool one. Like we said, it is the last FIFA, so you might as well give it a go. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, sorry, Gaz, we know that you haven't really had much to say. Um, we know that you don't really have much of an opinion on the video game side of things. Uh, but now we're going to find a way to bring you into this podcast a little bit more. And as with every FIFA... There's always a lot of interest stimulated around the ratings of, of footballers. Who's the top-rated player? Who's had an upgrade? Who's had a downgrade? You know, what, okay, what no, each person Mike, thinks of them. brought that up. How do they rate these players? I mean, well, they've got, what's a PAC and an SHO? And I can see uh, okay. passing. Uh, Alessandro will defense. explain. Alessandro can explain this for you, guys. Okay, so on these cards, basically, so what they do is they kind of give everyone a position. Like, I don't know if you can bring it up in front of you, but we've got someone like Benzema here who has. No, I've got it in front of me. Okay, yeah, there's an ATPAC, which is basically their pace, how quick they are. Um, SHO is shooting, PAS, passing, dribbling, defending, and physicality. And based on those stats, they've kind of given their own opinion on players, which is more often than not very biased. And that's how they kind of give the overall rating for a player. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you take, for example, we've got on the on that uh, image in front of us, we've got Mbappe and we've got Salah. Now yeah. you can see Mbappe's pace is 97 and his dribbling is 92. Honestly... When it comes to Mbappe, I feel like he's quite an overrated footballer. And I said prior to the podcast that we were going to discuss which players we think are underrated and overrated on this list of the top 100 footballers on FIFA 23. 
And my overrated footballer, strangely, is David De Gea. I don't understand how the Manchester United goalkeeper has been given an 87 rating. It doesn't make any sense to me how he's earned that. That's, yeah, 87 is quite an impressive rating, you would say. One of the better goalkeepers on the game. I don't think he deserves that. Well, I'm not so sure. Um, he he actually bailed United out of a lot of near losses and possibly gave them a draw. Um, but to me, this is just all a major thumb suck. Um, how, how they create 91s and 69s and 90s. and I mean, who, who does this? So the idea is that they have people that watch the football games from a statistical perspective and then the performances of each player influences the statistics and how they come to their decisions. But the ratings have caused controversy for many years because if you look at how they're designed basically attackers generally have pace and dribbling and then defenders generally have physical and defense you know obviously but then you get players like van dijk or uh yeah, van dijk's actually a yeah koulibaly as well but they they're pretty good examples because they've got good pace in real life but then their rating on FIFA gives them, you know, if you look at Van Dijk's pace, and if you think back, obviously he's had an injury, but if you think back to when Liverpool played PSG a couple of years ago, he had no issue going stride for stride with Mbappe. But his pace is 81 and Mbappe's pace is 97. Look, there are other factors behind the pace statistic, you know, with agility and balance and all of that stuff. But, but Mike, just between the three of us, we all have differences of opinion when it comes to watching a player. So yeah. you might have watched, say, Benzema and said, okay, he can do that. I've watched Salah. Oh, all right, I'm happy with what he does. Alessandra picks another player. There's no uniformity. It's, it, it's a thumb suck. Well, at the end of the day, something that me and other FIFA players alike know, that EA is basically just a brand. It's a big company. It's a corporation that is there to make money. And... If you ask any kid 10 years ago who their favorite soccer player was, it was a thousand percent either Ronaldo or Messi. Now you ask a kid and it's Mbappe or Ronaldo yeah. or Messi. Because Do you think that away. this game influences kids' opinions? I think, the, I think this game takes their opinions and feeds off of the back of that. You'll only yeah. see players like Mbappe and Messi and Neymar with the big names, the big big. Um, stats and whatever because that's who people want to play with that's who people want to pack that's who people want to use that's who and, children and want it. to be exactly and they make it extremely difficult to get these players and kids actually spend end up spending loads and loads and loads of money trying to get these players and FIFA have actually got themselves into a bit of trouble by doing this because it's essentially gambling what, pe what they do is they say okay give us a hundred rand, and you can open this pack with a potential opportunity to pack Mbappe or pack Ronaldo, and it's it's essentially gambling. And in Belgium, I think it was Belgium, they ended up having to um, repay most of the kids who were under eighteen and managed to buy the currency that FIFA used. So they basically just feed off the back of the hype in order to make money. There's no actual facts behind any of the players. It's more who they deem 
will get them the most money and the more controversy, the better, because why not use a player who you know is crap but has a good rating because FIFA said so, you know? It's it's, it's to make money, essentially. Okay, I'll well, you, you've run through that quite nicely. So then who do you think is overrated and underrated on this next FIFA? So well, overrated. the most overrated player, I think, is Paul Pogba. Not What's because his, of his what? lack of skills or his skills, but the way he treats teammates and managers and his arrogant approach to the game. He shouldn't even be on the list. What's his, what's his rating there, guys? 69. He's 69 with 85 points. Jeez, like, yeah. Why, how can he be rated 85? Because he's yeah. absolutely... If you think back to last season, he was hardly even on the pitch for Manchester United. And if you look around the players... Or the, or the names around him, rather, shall I say. I'm just looking for Mbappe. Uh, sorry, not Mbappe, Pogba. Yeah, there's he's some right shocking names. number 69 on the list. Jorginho is 85 as well. He's also crap. No lie. But yeah, it's... And then yeah. who do you think's underrated, Gaz? I think the most underrated player is Salah. You know, okay. when you look at Benzema and... Look, Lewandowski, he's all right. But Mbappe... Benzema, Messi. I mean, these boys are on their way out. Yeah, I think Messi and Ronaldo in particular, like Alessandro was saying, they're living off of their reputation a bit. I don't know how Ronaldo is still rated 90. I must be honest with that. Well, That's uh, very I, generous. Well, excuse you. I don't know how Messi's 91. So. No, he had a terrible season last year. I won't even deny it. I like Messi more than Ronaldo. But Messi was rubbish last season. Absolutely rubbish. So, guys, I've actually got a question for you. Something catered more towards what you would know. Based on the ratings of players like Pogba with an 85 and Thiago with an 86, thinking back to someone like Xabi Alonso, what would you have rated him in his prime? Xabi Alonso in his prime, I, I would have given him in the 90s because of his commitment. To, you know, I don't care if the oak dribbles or... He runs fast. It's his brain. It's his brain that you've got to worry about. I mean, Alonso was a brilliant player. Same as Thiago is now for, for Liverpool. He distributes the ball so well. Maybe he doesn't run so fast. Or his passing is really, really good. Um, his defense might be a little dodgy. And his physicality, he's not a big man. But he's a great footballer. Yeah, well... According to FIFA, based on their understanding of what Alonso would have been, in his prime, he's only given um, an 89 rating, which is, how can you even compare Alonso at 89 to someone like Bruno Fernandes or Joshua Kimmich, who's nowhere near his yeah. level? Yeah, I mean, if I you look at it, yeah, Bernardo Silva's 88, I think I saw. Tony Cruz... Tony Cruz is probably the most similar player to Alonso, and he was given an 88. And this is like the end of Cruz's career. So there's no way that it's accurate that Alonso can be 89. Alonso must have been like a 92, 93 in his prime. Honestly, in his prime. That era with Real Madrid, Spain World Cup. Tony Cruz has been 88 for the last, I think, 55 seasons. Um, And it's just one of those things. People love Tony Cruz. He's a fantastic footballer, great professional why wouldn't you want to use him? And that's kind of what they cater towards, unfortunately. 
Look, I do rate him as a footballer. I think he's a quality player, but I don't think that he was only one point less than prime Alonso, honestly. Well, you see, the thing is, right at the beginning of this podcast, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's to appeal to the kids, you know, hero worship from the children, from the little ugs who, who love the big names, you know. Yeah, I, the only thing that I want to say before we move on to the next subject is when it comes to the ratings, we've discussed how Mbappe is rated 91. Mbappe plays for France. Look, he, he played at the World Cup and they won the World Cup. But he was just basically a Theo Walcott with a fancy name. He ran in behind and he got a couple of goals. But he's rated 91. He's done nothing in any of the big leagues. Haaland, he's come to the Premier League and he's absolutely obliterating goal records and, and he's scoring for fun, basically. But he's only rated 88, but Mbappe is 91. You see, that's where I find a discrepancy, shall I say. But well, yeah. Yeah. Listen, just to, on a lighter note, Courtois and Neuer, they, what's DRV? What is that? Diving. Uh, diving yeah, that's yeah. diving. Yeah, but that's goalkeeper, goalkeeper uh, diving. No, yeah. I just wondered. I thought uh, Fernandez should have about 100 on that uh, mark. <laughs> <laughs> the whole United team gets a bonus on their, their cards. They get, everyone gets at least plus 25 diving. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, I think that was actually a, a very good discussion on the FIFA subject. Alessandra, I think you you enlightened a lot of people that may not know about the finer details of Ultimate Team and Career Mode and whatever the you know whatever goes with it. But I think we can move back towards more traditional, shall I say, uh, discussions just to wrap up this week's podcast. Super Brew, back in action. And I don't think this week will be an easy one. And Gaz... I actually want you to give us your idea of what the scores will be because you leading the pool that we play quite considerably and not that I wish bad luck upon you, but something has to slow you down eventually. So no, what, no, do you think the, what do you think What do you think? the scores will be this weekend? Please will you enlighten us because I'm stuck. Eh? I don't know what to do. No, the fixtures are tough this, this particular weekend. They're not as, you know, often they, they come out and they, they're relatively easy to pick. But I mean, you're going to start with Arsenal, Tottenham. Now, where do you go there? I mean, both those sides are looking for points. They're both playing very, very well. Uh, Arsenal, I think, were robbed when they played United. Um, so that really thumped their momentum. Um, but I would the safest thing to do with Arsenal and Tottenham is to go for a draw, which is probably sad. Um, but uh, Arsenal are rated as the favourites, probably because they're at home. So I'd either go draw or my favourite, 2-1 to the home side. Okay. Alessandro, your thoughts there? Um, although I often have the exact same picks as Gaz, I'm miles behind him. So I've gone for a 1-1 draw here, hoping that... I think it is the safest pick on, on Super Brew. So hopefully it pays out. Okay. Then, Gaz, please, will you just lead us through the, the rest of the fixtures there? I'll try not to interrupt you. Okay, well, the next one we got is Bournemouth and Brentford, both of whom are playing well. Um, there, are, it, it's a guess. It's a real thumb suck. You, you're not going to know which of these two teams are going to do better. I'll leave that up to you guys. Uh, Crystal Palace, Chelsea. Crystal Palace should really go down to Chelsea, 2-0 or thereabouts. Um 
Fulham, Newcastle. Fulham's doing a great deal better than Newcastle. Newcastle, have, out of their last six games, have lost one and drawn five. So Newcastle can't seem to have any momentum. But, you know, that even a blind squirrel can find a nut. So I think I'll give that to Newcastle, even if they're playing away. Liverpool, Brighton. Yeah, we go now. Brighton's doing very, very well. Liverpool's only won two of their last six. Brighton have won four. So even if they are at Anfield, and the odds definitely favour Liverpool, um, I would go 2-1. Southampton, Everton. I don't even know who wants to watch those games. Um, I would just leave that one well alone. You guys can make your own picks there. West Ham Wolves, it's another game that's going to be very, very difficult to pick. Um, go with your heart. City, Man United, I think City's got the beating of United. Um, and they're playing at, uh, at City's grounds. So I think United are going to get a thump there. Uh, Leeds United, Aston Villa. Another one, uh, leave it to you guys to make your own picks. Leicester, Nottingham Forest. Leicester have lost their last six games. I'm surprised Brendan is still there. So Leicester, Notts, guys, I don't think I'll go for any of them. I'm not going to put anybody's head in the noose. Well, you know, having a look at these fixtures, the one game that really pops up at me is Leeds United, Aston Villa. And the reason I say that is I want to ask Alessandro what he thinks in that game. Because I know that he's got a, a soft spot for Stevie G. But at the same time, I think he can even admit that the, the job he's doing at Aston Villa at the moment isn't really setting the world alight. So, Ali, where would you put your money on if you were in that Villa-Leeds United game? Ah, You know, I love Steven Gerrard, but his tactics at the moment are absolutely woeful. Watching Villa play... It's horrible. It's not like they lack quality. I mean, the players that he's brought in are doing a really, really good job. Um, it's unfortunate that Diego Carlos obviously got injured right in the beginning. I think he would have made a huge difference to their team. But I mean, with the acquis uh, acquisition of someone like uh, Douglas Louise and Coutinho and Watkins playing as well as he does every single week, I mean, I don't think there's a week where I see him playing badly, but for some reason they never win. I don't understand how that works. Um, I've gone for a 2-1 to, to Villa in the hope that Watkins will get me some points for my fantasy. But uh, it's really the, the toss of a coin here. I really don't know what's going to happen. I'm hoping it's Villa because I do like him with my affiliation to Stevie G. But it's tough. Yeah, it's it's not an easy game to go. Like There are a lot of games, as Gaz mentioned there, that there isn't really an outright. But Guys, you, you ran over a couple of the games and you avoided being too controversial. So the one game I'm going to sort of stick to you and say, please, please just nail your colors to the mast. Southampton-Everton, please. That's a game that I don't know which way it's going to go and I, I want to hear what you have to say. Just I say, uncensored. I'm going to say Southampton are going to beat Everton. Um, Southampton big... played seven, won two, lost four. Everton played 7-1-1, lost two. I think Southampton's going to have it over Everton on uh, on Saturday or Sunday when they play. And plus the yeah. fact that Everton strikers have been playing silly buggers in Brazil recently. 
Yeah, it's. I think it. That's a that's a game that I, like I say, I don't want to really nail my colors to the mast, but. As we know, there'll be two massive fixtures this weekend where people will draw their attention towards. The first one is obviously Arsenal against Tottenham. London I think that game will be... Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be more underwhelming than anybody really gives credit. Arsenal did well last season against Tottenham at home. I think they beat them 3-1. Uh, yeah, they did. And then Tottenham returned the favour at, uh, at their stadium, beating Arsenal 3-0. These games, they have a way of of, I don't want to say, yeah, cancelling each other out. The team's cancelling each other out. And I think Arsenal are a very positive, exciting team to watch, but they lack that shithousery, if I can say that. Yeah, no, they not, don't want to lose. Arsenal will not want to lose at home. No, they won't want to lose, but they don't have that, you know what I mean, that nasty streak. They don't have that sort of winners, win at all costs type of thing just yet. If you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I know Tottenham, exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah, Tottenham are full of shit houses. They got Richarlison, absolute dog. Kane is a diving plank. Doris. Son, Son is Alessandro. Would you like to describe Son? I know how you feel about him. No, I don't want to get cancelled just yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, you know, Tottenham, they, they're full of, they really are full of knobheads. And I think that they're going to sit back and make the game, try to suck all the energy out of the game, suck the energy out of the stadium, overwhelm them early, then good and well, then Arsenal will win the game. But I think it's going to be more of a, a slog. And that's why I think that that game will be a draw because of that, just because of Conte being a wig-wearing knobhead and just ruining the game. And then the, the, next, the next biggie is the, the Manchester derby. I don't think it's going to live up to the hype I think City will just crush United. I so, so. Yeah, just I as a matter of interest, the Palace bet got Man City 1.35 to 1 and United 7.75 to 1. So they don't expect United to do much against City. Do you think there's ever been an odd as far outside like that for United against City? Ever? I, w- I wouldn't no. think so. No. I think Carlin's going to make a big difference and I don't know, you know, as everybody says, Milk turns quicker than Maguire. So, I don't even know if he'll be picked. I don't think he'll play. He had a shocker. Alessandro, you probably watched the game with England-Germany. Yeah. Yeah, he's useless, that oak. Absolutely. He's probably the second worst thing to come out of the UK and the first being Brexit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they should they should just get rid of that, Oki. He, he should go create his own refrigerator brand and get on with it because he is absolutely useless, the slabhead. He's terrible. See, I disagree with these, to be honest. I've gone for a 1-1. What? For United <laughs> City? Yeah. You're hopeful. Yes, that's why you're so far behind gas, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe it's the better in me or something, but no. I don't know. I just like those odds. If it's going to be 1-1, one, one, it's because Haaland's going to score at both ends. No, I think Haaland's going to be found out this weekend. What? He's yeah. going to be stopped by he's going to be stopped by 87-rated De Gea, Superman. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he did, he did nothing for Norway this weekend. He was as right. robotic as right ever. Right. 
It was, was a spectator. Ever. No tappings at all. And it, it looked like he lost his head a bit. So I think he's going to carry that form into the Premier League. And next, his hip is going to go. And I think this is his downfall. Or yes, that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, are you ever hopeful? And, and Darwin Nunez is going to score 15 goals against Brighton. <laughs> if he doesn't get but, a red card. Yeah, if, if, he, if he can focus on headbutting the football and not yeah. the centre-back, he'll be fine. But I, I think that pretty much seals the deal and, and, and sets it up for the weekend, guys. I think that was quite an informative episode. So thanks very much for, for all the information that you gave us there, Alessandro. And yeah, Gaz, uh, yeah, your Super Brew, hopefully, not to wish bad things upon you, but hopefully your lead just, just shrinks a little, just to no, keep things in. I've got something secret up my, up my arm, just up my sleeve there. Look, it's going to be great to have them back. And it's, it's really fortuitous that we're having the types of fixtures we are. There's no gimmies there bar the City United one. So it'll be a great weekend of football. Welcome back. Yeah, I think that's, that's the way to end the podcast. Thanks, guys. Check you next week. Cool. cool. See you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave your opinions below and don't forget to subscribe, comment and share us with your fellow sports fanatics. Till next time.